What do the new Lincoln commercials and Interstellar have in common besides Matthew McConaughey being in both of them? They're both a little confusing. Yeah, you're not quite sure where you're supposed to go. Right. And you need to talk it out. We're here yes. to help you talk it out. Yes, exactly. You've seen Interstellar. You've been thinking about it for weeks. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to do the thinking for you. That's right. It's Interstellar Group Therapy. <laughs> On this episode of Popular Fanatics. It's time to cook white, see some blue. Finn and Jacob, Matt, Zeklos, Kelly, it's true. The cat in the wall, I'm gonna call him Stampy like 60s Batman. Holy catchphrase, we're campy. We've arrested our development. Maybe in cutoffs, we're uncanny. Wolverine to your cyclops, our shots are one in a million. But you know we don't get cocky. Chunk, no Captain Chunk, the Leo, Don, Rap, and Mikey. Will Jungle Phil, a pinky to your brain, a brine to your stewie. Now it's time for the refrain. It's time to find out what makes it tick. We're popular fanatics. Oh, yeah. Welcome, welcome back. We're back. We've we been. It's back. been a while. I think it's been yeah. what about a month for me? Two months? Yeah, I would probably say closer to two. Uh, Dave and I did a uh, on the road version last episode. Yeah, and um, yeah, probably about two months or so. It's it's been a while. I know. I mean, I, I was getting a while. hint, you know, and then I just <laughs> randomly showed up at Chad's house right. and said, "Hey, let's do a podcast." <laughs> so uh, I'm not entirely sure that I'm welcome here, but I figure we'll we'll do it anyway. It's going to get awkward here, Pop Tans. Oh, ridiculousness. We are coming to you from, uh, actually, the Gotham After Show set, as Studio A is in a bit of dismemberment at the moment. Little yeah, Reno. There, was a little, there was a little issue, yeah. but, but we're getting through that. Um, funny, you know, people always say that the sets they see on TV seem uh, smaller in real life. This mm-hmm. one seems bigger. Really? I always imagined it was much smaller than what it was, but mm. it, it's it's actually big. Interesting. Which is odd because I've been here a million times. Yeah. So, I don't that know. That is odd. Everyone else has said the opposite. Yeah. I'm a contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, uh, we're going to talk about Interstellar. We're also probably going to talk about some other sci-fi-ish topics. Sci-fi movies. We might get a little Neil deGrasse Tyson on you. Who knows? And, uh, oh, there's this other little sci-fi trailer that just came out the other day. What is that? That's uh, There's not a lot of interest uh, in it. Something about... It's a Disney movie, right? So yeah. is the mouse involved? Probably. We don't know. It was just a teaser trailer. But... You can't really see much under the helmet. So no. it's possible Mickey is yeah he's has joined the good fight uh-huh. and protecting the Empire. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this little um, Star Wars wakes up. Uh, trailer. I can't remember what it's called. The Star Wars The Force Rolls Out of Bed. <laughs> the, the Force uh, is no longer hibernating. The Force tries to pretend that the previous three movies were a bad dream. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sorry, George. Sorry. He well, hasn't been on the podcast. He's fair game. Yeah. And he's not in it. Well, he's a consultant, but yeah. it's not his... That's true. It's you know? uh, it's J.J. Abrams. Well, he's the hired gun. It's really Kathleen Kennedy and and Mickey Mouse and and the mouse yeah making making the calls but let's talk about Interstellar first it's been about a week or more yeah it's been a, i think it's been about a week maybe week and a half since we we trekked to the movie theater yes um, like people did back in the day mm-hmm. plopped down our cash yeah and uh watched Interstellar and this is one that I had been really excited about i don't know if we talked about it before it came out um we just kind of decided to to go see it but uh, when I saw the first trailer, I was real hyped. Um, it kind of meshes two genres that I really, really find interesting, kind of that end of the world, what is humanity going to do type of genre with um, space and science fiction. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really excited about it. The trailer kind of got you really um, – it did a good job of building the anticipation of what it was going to be. There was kind of a mystery as to what it was going to be about. I think they were kind of hush-hush Definitely. about the details of the plot. And um, we waited a couple weeks to go see it. And some of the early reviews were 
it's pretty but kind of confusing. And I think um, I think that pretty and confusing seems pretty to confusing. be a, a pretty uh, pretty um, apt way to describe it. Yeah, I thought it was visually it was beautiful, but I had it. It just seemed really it it didn't the the plot seemed like it didn't quite know what it was wanting to tell us. Um, I guess it's, you know, kind of a humanity finds a way kind of thing. But um, it just, it was weird. It was weird, and and people compare it a lot to 2001 A Space Odyssey, which everybody, you know, universally seen as one of the great movies. I saw that movie and was just, what the hell? I don't get it. They're flying through space, and then there's a giant baby sitting in the middle of the, in the middle of space. Spoiler alert. (laughs) And I and I kind of got that same feeling with Interstellar. It wasn't quite as bad, but it seemed like there were a lot of things that weren't really wrapped up. What did you? What was your take on it? I <clears throat> what I basically have to come down to is whether I enjoyed my time in front of the silver screen or not. And it was a lot of time. It was. It was. It wasn't quite three hours. I don't believe. But it was nearing on it. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed my time, you know. Uh, so therefore, I liked the movie. Now, <laughs> you know, I can go a lot more in depth than that, which we're going to. But overall, I liked it. Um, big Christopher Nolan fan. Yep. Um, I think you could tell this was a Nolan movie because he uses a lot of the <laughs> same actors: Anne Hathaway and uh, Alfred. Alfred. Alfred's his name. Who knew Alfred was going to help save humanity? Right, right. And, um, oh, and another thing that they kept from us really well was the other uh, stars in it. Yeah. You know, um, Matt Damon. Matt Damon and, um, well, pretty much just Matt, Matt Damon. Damon, right? Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. Well, Topher Grace. Like, yeah, what's Topher, Topher Grace doing in there? Topher Grace is getting on his knees and thanking God he's in a Christopher Nolan movie. Because <laughs> right. the salad days of that 70s show are over. And Spider-Man 3. Woof. Oh, wow. Uh, that was a dog. Yeah. But overall, no. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was confusing, but I wasn't for sure. It, it's one of those movies where I could see people going to, and afterwards, their friend turns to them and say, well, what would you think? And they say it, it was amazing because they don't want to sound stupid because they yeah. didn't understand it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like, oh, it was brilliant. So so basically what happens, and, you know, we're assuming that you've seen the movie if you're listening to this podcast, right. but we'll we'll go through it just real quick. Humanity is at some kind of an end state. There's a some kind of um, blight that is wiping out crops, and then the last staple crops, which are keeping humanity alive, are about to go. And governments have failed. Um, they allude to the fact that there's no more military, which seems really odd to me. It seems like if there's a big scarcity of resources, people are going to start doubling up on guns um, to get what food there is. But um, And Matthew McConaughey is a farmer who in a former life was a pilot. And they find this drone. This drone somehow leads them to underground NASA in Colorado or wherever the hell they're at. And they say, well, Matthew McConaughey, it's so funny that you're here. Let's shoot you up into space and have you save the world because there are no other. (laughs) Now, was it the drone because they got the coordinates from the room? Oh, yeah, the coordinates were in the room. What What was the drone? I really don't know the significance of the drone. That's a that's the a, drone made the farm machinery come to the house. I remember at one point. Right. I think that's a second watch type of thing. We're like, oh, okay, that's what. Yeah. That was the significance. We'll have to go look at that. Yeah. Yeah. So the house tells them, and it's, um, you know, the coordinates are in the dust. Yeah, the, it was uh, binary. Yeah. Binary code. It tells them how to get there. Um. They fly out to the uh, singularity or the mm-hmm. um, the wormhole, which takes them to another galaxy where there are these planets that may or may not support life. There had been other missions sent there. They've got enough resources to visit three of them. Um, they they get to the second one, and then there's a disaster. They meet Matt Damon. There's a disaster. 
the ship blows up, and then they fall into the black hole. And at this point, we realize that Matthew McConaughey has been going back in time to communicate with his daughter to tell her what, really? To tell them that they need to go to NASA to send Matthew McConaughey out (laughs) to talk to his daughter. Right, because they... um, Oh, what was the name of the machine? Not Hal, but they're basically their Hal. Yeah. Was jettisoned out, and he got all this information about it. And I think. Oh, and it sent back the the information to where they could make gravity build these giant out, space stations. They could figure out gravity. So he threw binary uh, on the watch, right on his watch that he gave her before he left, was basically spelling out the equation, the answer to the equation. And this was all set up by future humans. Yes. Now, here's the question, Chad. <laughs> One of the questions. One of the questions. Go. So the future humans created the Tesseract, is that how you pronounce it? The the thing, the box that he's in in the singularity where he can communicate with his daughter and tell and communicate that information. That's, you, did you just dip into the Avengers? No, this the is that this is this is out in the lore. I mean okay. this is this has been other people have written about it. And so they had to be there to create this for him. Well, if humans don't get off Earth in the first place, there are no future humans to create that. So in what reality, I don't know what that accomplished because it's clear that humanity survived at some point unless some other benevolent being or race of beings came in and did that. Yeah, it's the whole... John Connor sent his dad back to the past to have sex with his mom because he's his dad. Yeah, it's, really, really doesn't seem to add up. Yeah, it, you know, and what what did a good job of explaining that paradox is um, the time machine, because if he went back to save his wife, and his wife is saved, I believe I'm. It's been a while then he wouldn't have the drive to create the time machine. Yeah. Therefore, he can never end up saving her. Yeah. And that was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, it makes this does not make sense. The, and they yeah. don't do a lot of hand-holding in this. It just right. kind of happens. Like, you know, my understanding, when you get into a black hole, gravity is such that, you know, you're just kind of crushed. So, but that just didn't happen. And there's no real explanation. I mean, he, he jettisons himself out of the ship to remove weight so that Anne Hathaway can get to the third planet, which they think might be a future home for humanity. And then he just goes into the black hole and that sequence of well, events happens. Yeah, apparently he enters it just the right way. You have to if yeah. you enter it at precisely the right angle, speed, you know, everything, you can slip, I guess, into this between dimensions dimension or yeah. whatever. And I can get that. And I th- and I found, you know, the dealing with relativity, you know, they go down on that planet that has this, the immense force of gravity, which plays mm-hmm. with time. So they spend an hour, two hours on that planet. It ends up being 23 years. Yeah. So that poor dude's waiting on the, the ship for them to come back, and it's been 23 years, yeah. which kind of sucks for him. Right. And, but that 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 was one of the big ones. The, the next one was... Um, and they talk about here. Let me rewind a little bit. Um, they're in this big rush to get to humanity's new home, and Matthew McConaughey gets spit out of the of the black hole, and you know he's recuperating. Whatever they're in this big spaceship, space station, which looks like a you know a giant Tootsie Roll or something, <laughs> and. They don't seem they, they've got all these ships coming in and out. Nobody has gone to the planet where Anne Hathaway's at. Thank you. Why not? I mean, that wasn't this the whole point to find another home for humanity? And Matthew McConaughey gets in a ship to go out to find Anne Hathaway because I guess he's in love with her because there's a lot of talk about love in this film. And they kissed once. And they kissed once. And 
he's the only, and it's like her and a 3,000 embryos. Mm-hmm. And nobody's, he's the only one who gets the idea, oh, yeah, there's this woman out there who is in easy access for us now. Let's go get her. Um, that seemed really weird to me. It didn't seem like, I didn't see where humanity was going at that point. There was no, it was like, look, they're in a better place, it seems. Yeah, see, I thought that too. And the only thing that I could figure is that when they figured out the formula, it took them a while for all the logistics. So when Matthew McConaughey is found, they've pretty much just jenison's they're basically their elysium yeah um their big round whatever yeah space station and they're in route to anne hathaway yeah or at least to the i guess to the singularity to get to anne hathaway but it seems like they've been out there for a while because they've got you know on on earth that was dying they weren't educating people to be engineers and it's clear that the people that he's meeting are much younger than he is. Yeah. Um, even in if you take out the relativity part of it. So they've been educated. So they've grown up in a world that values, you know, science and engineering, whereas, you know, they're just trying to make farmers on Earth. So it seems like it'd be at least twenty years that they've been on that thing. Yeah. And um they and they've they've got to know where or maybe they don't know where she's at. Maybe they don't know where she's at. Maybe. That's right, because communication was lost, yeah. right? Yeah. So they don't know. But you think the only that one would, who would that know would, would be Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, but that'd be kind of job number one, wouldn't it? Hey, did you find a planet? You did? Great, let's go. Oh, there's somebody there already? Let's go uh let's go take care of her. So what do you think? Let's let us let us game out. What's what's happening? Because where we end Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey is going to hang out with Anne Hathaway and all the embryos on new planet, whatever. Planet three. Which looks okay. Yeah. So what happens? Let's, let's you know, so Matthew McConaughey gets there. Yeah. Are they unfreezing the embryos? Are they like, hey, we got to start humanity again? Or are they getting on the phone and saying, hey, humanity, you know. Come on. This is the place. Yeah. I don't know, because when we get that shot of, of Anne Hathaway's which I'm going to call her Anne Hathaway's because of Key yeah. Peel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when we see Anne Hathaway's, it seems like she's just discovering that her boyfriend, who they sent to Planet Three, is dead because she's like looking over his patch that was on his oh, uniform, and she was crying, and she looked, you know, the same age as now found McConaughey. Yeah. So it's like no time had passed between then. You know, it's like she had just gotten there. So is he going to go and find Anne Hathaway's bones? Maybe. Or maybe a new race of humans that she's grown with the, the embryos. Well, if if they did actually stay the same age, which might not be true since he went to this other dimension and she didn't. But if they are the same age, then I guess... See, that there's where, you know, it just opens it up for, you know, something really profound, which is for Matthew McConaughey to, to come to that planet, see Anne Hathaway, you know, she has an age, and he says, that's what I love about these Planet 3 girls. <laughs> oh, I get older, and they stay the same age. <laughs> all right, all right, all that's right. That's bad. That's that's bad. I, I can hear podcasters clicking off already. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and there goes the last one. There it goes. So it's just me and you, Chad. So let's get real. Right. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. And that just opens the door for Interstellar 2, the search for more money. Yeah, that would be great. Which was the name of Spaceballs. That would be great. That would have been fun. Yeah. Um, What did you think about the cinematography, the special effects? Oh, I I loved it. Um, From what I hear, it's one of the most space-accurate movies out there um i mean neil degrasse tyson had some things to say about it yeah but apparently better than gravity yeah he did not like gravity which or actually he said he liked the movie gravity but he was not happy with the, with science. the science right yeah. which this movie totally would have been called gravity had that name not yeah no it should have been gravity completely revolved around gravity yeah um 
And it's also unfortunate, speaking of gravity, that um, that this came out so soon after Gravity. Yeah. Because I don't think Gravity was received very well, and that might kind of put a little a little downer on this one as far as like the Oscar race. Because I do think there was some really good performances, and yeah. the, the cinematography was awesome, and special effects, and it got all the technical beats, and then it got some of the emotional beats. People talked about, you know, well the plot is a little confusing, but the emotional parts of it were good. And I thought that was good in some cases. Um, I thought the the relationship between Matthew McConaughey and his daughter um, mm-hmm. early on was very moving. Um, Murph. 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 We got to fix this, Murph. 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 Murph, quit being a little bitch. <laughs> Say bye to your dad. He's going to save the freaking world. And all you can do is pout. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, put on yeah. a brave face. Mm-hmm. You're not a little kid anymore. Right. Um, I thought that uh, I thought that those were good, but then some of them were. It just it it seemed like they did they were doing too much. They tried to even though it was a long movie and it didn't seem too long. No. But it was you know you're at three hours roughly. They didn't have time to stuff enough into it. I mean, and we had talked I think right afterwards is this would have been a great opportunity for like a three episode miniseries, you know, two hours each, you know, you got two hours for you're on the planet getting ready to, to go the middle part where, you know, they're, they're visiting these planets and then the last act where, you know, some of the metaphysical or, you know, the resolution comes in, you know, in the future. I just don't think they had enough time to get it all in. And they didn't have enough time to build, you know, some of the emotional beats were really good, but then some of them, like, you really, you know, you get a sense that the relationship between older Murph, Jessica Chastain, and her brother, Casey Affleck, was bad, but, it's, you know... This- yeah, I didn't totally understand why Casey Affleck didn't want any medical attention for his son or for himself or his wife or anything. It, that really, I mean... It, yeah, it because, was like, they, they, there's more work to be done yeah, there. Yeah, well, it seemed like he was okay with his dad leaving because he was sending him the messages and all this and yeah. that. And and then it seemed like to me maybe he was doing all this because he was resenting his dad all of a sudden, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So yeah, that that definitely could have. But I mean, you know, his some more time. You know, his life wouldn't have been all that much different if he had stuck around. I mean, he was. It, it's not like if Matthew McConaughey had been there, the attentive father, he was going to be anything other than a farmer. I mean, they made that clear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Jessica Chastain, you know, older Murph. I mean, her life actually became better because he left because she was able to join underground NASA, and you know, build a life for herself that was different than what we're led to believe that the rest of the human population was was in. Mm-hmm. Um, other thing that other people pointed out, uh, very America-centric. There's no, I mean, are other countries sending out, you know, so much of our space program now is international. Um, you know, no, uh, is communication down or these have those societies collapsed? I mean, is the U.S. the only? Could have been. Or it could have been that NASA was so underground and so risky about being uncovered that they yeah, just kept to themselves and didn't risk, you know, crossing the continents with that type of information. Yeah. Could have been. I mean, that could have been explained, but again, you know, it would have been even longer. Yeah, it would have taken, yeah. It and taken who knows? Who knows what they did film that got cut out? Yeah, that's true. I think there was, a, I mean, it's just, it seems like it was a couple of different movies in one. It's a family drama, and you know, a lot of movies are like that, but mm-hmm. a family drama, a space opera, uh, an apocalyptic end of the world kind of thing, and it seems like they didn't have enough space to do it all really well. And I think what they ended up with was something interesting. To, it had a few interesting concepts to think about, which is always good in a movie. Um, but it didn't kind of get wrapped. I mean, it wasn't really. You know, you talk about an Oscar movie. I don't think. I don't think it is. I think. I don't know. It, it didn't have the, you know, the complete package. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, I think it'll come down to how large the pack is, if it's 10 or 12 movies. Yeah. Like it has been in the past. If it gets up to 12, you know, it might sneak in there. Yeah. I could see that, but 
I don't see it winning if it is nominated. But I thought uh, some of the performances were really good. I thought, yeah, I'm not a huge Anne Hathaway fan. I'm not a big Anne Hathaway hater, but I thought she did a good job in this. Mm-hmm. And Matthew, Matthew McConaughey, man, I mean, he just, I saw this with True Detective. I mean, if you see Matthew McConaughey interviewed as Matthew McConaughey, he seems like he is the spaciest, <laughs> most out there, kind of weird dude. And he yeah. does between his character here, his character in True Detective, who's this intellectual, deep-thinking, serious-minded guy. I mean, he sells it. He really does. Because you know, his from what you've seen, his persona is completely different from that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the mark of a really good actor, because you've yeah. got a lot of people you know, who are very entertaining to watch, but it's, you know, it's like Liam Neeson at this point is just you know, being Liam Neeson, <laughs> saying, you know, give me back my daughter. Right. You know? Did you see Mud? I didn't see Mud. It's on the DVR queue, not DVR queue, on the Netflix queue, but it's I want to see that. Yeah. yeah, he's very good in that, too. And I want to see um, Dallas Buyers Club, too. Yeah, I haven't seen that either yet. Got it. Yeah. But no, he was, I mean, he was amazing in True Detective, mm-hmm. and he was good in this. And Alfred was good. Alfred. And here's the other, you know, we talked about the emotional beats getting largely right. One that I think they just completely fucked up is the end of the movie. Old, old Murph mm-hmm. is dying in her bed, and she sees her father, who is now much younger in chronological age than her, not chronological, relative age, and walks in, and it's all her family, and it's clear that, you know, she's lived a, you know, very full life, has a lot of family members there at the end, and these family members are all looking at Matthew McConaughey like he's a giant piece of shit, <laughs> and like intruding on the final moments <laughs> With their mother. And it's like, dude, this is her. This has never happened. He is, yeah. you know, wouldn't you want to know about, I mean, yeah. I, I would be fascinated. This is her ghost. This is, this is her, yeah, this is, this is great, great, great granddad come back your age. I mean, I'd be. Yeah. And then she kind of shoes him out like, look, this, you know, you shouldn't watch your child die. It's like, well. We haven't seen each other. You know, you're, you were all pissed off at me for your entire life that I left, and now I'm here. And you're kicking me, kicking me out. So that that seemed to me like it was really odd. That did seem a little odd. And then they they spend a huge amount of, I imagine, money or whatever they're using and space on that space station to recreate his house yeah. on the space station, <laughs> and he gets to live in it. Like, that's your reward for saving humanity. Here's this historical figure that we basically built a museum for back to life, and I jumped, just go live in your house. I jumped into a friggin' black hole for this race, and all you do is give me my old house? Yeah. That's a little, yeah. that's a little off. I'm Matthew McConaughey, and we've been referring to him as Matthew McConaughey throughout the entire podcast because I have to admit... I have no idea what his character's I'm name was. His, it was Jim. <laughs> Jim Bob. It's a good strong name. Was it Mud? Or, yeah, uh, I think it was. Uh, yeah, Wooderson maybe. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, I've got two thumbs. One's up. One's sideways. Sideways. Hmm. Yeah. I really need to see it a second time. Yeah. And I'm not going to go back to the theater. I'm nope. just going to admit it. I will wait till it's out on Blu-ray. Um, now, is this a Netflix wait or is this a is this a I'll buy the Blu-ray or rent it? This I, might be an iTunes rental for me. I think I would Redbox it. I'd yeah. Redbox the Blu-ray. I always forget about Redbox. Mm-hmm. Um, coworker of mine, Charles Thompson, who's uh, who's been on this show before, actually. Uh, might have been before before your time. Yeah, before my time. New guy. Uh but uh he said it was the best movie he's ever seen. Really? Yeah. Wow, that is a strong take. Yeah. He's, what did he feel? I mean, why did he, well, he derive some deeper meaning from it or possibly. I or mean, is he just really in love with Anne Hathaway? <laughs> I don't think so. He's in love with Matthew McConaughey. No. Yeah. Um I don't know. I think it was the science. Like I know he's big on science. That was and, cool. And to see uh, a popular movie, which has done really well in the box office, be rooted so heavily 
in science. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like a, a geek going, ha ha, huzzah! Yeah. You know, science is cool, which it is. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But I, th- I think he just thought it was a very well put together movie. I think every little twist and turn, I think he was on board with. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. But let me ask you this. Did you think when Matthew McConaughey, <laughs> what is his stupid character's name? It's been over a week, folks. I can't remember characters. All I remember is Murph. 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 We gotta fix this, Murph. Ah, <laughs> uh, Murph. Um, the end when he enters the black hole and he's in the infinite Murph bedrooms. Yeah. Did you kind of did it? Did you were you taken aback a slight bit? Because even though this is a movie. Uh, steeped in theoretical physics, it did seem to be a very realistic movie as far as nothing was too far out there. And then all of a sudden he's in, you know, he's in a a kaleidoscope of worlds, um, of times, and I guess her room is, basically every instance of her room is represented there in this timeline. Did you feel like, whoa, okay, it's it's going it's going this way? I I think I was okay with it. I think I would have been more okay with it if it wasn't, in retrospect, so obvious that that's what they were doing. That, um, yeah, it just it. I don't know. It just didn't. It you, you could kind of see something like that coming, you know. Um, I don't know. It just, it was fine. I think it could have been executed better, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, yeah, it just, it was markedly different. Um, I would have, I guess for it to work better for me, I would have liked some kind of message from the future humans or something. It just seems a little odd that, I don't know. It just, it, it was okay. It was fine. It, it really was. I mean, it was. It didn't make me. It didn't completely throw me out yeah. of it. But it was. It was like. It. It seemed like it was trying too hard. Again, to kind of create an emotional connection, like that aha moment, like it was him all along. Mm-hmm. You know, it. I, I found it a lot better than Star Baby in. 2001 a space <laughs> odyssey that just that bothered me hmm. um no it's fine okay yeah i i kind of i for a lot of a lot of things like this i go back to the uh m not Shyamalan movie um oh, what's it called the one with the aliens oh the signs uh signs yeah signs where i'm thinking okay it's an m night movie there's gonna be a big twist it's not going to actually be aliens. You know, it can't. Yeah. And then pff, it's actually aliens. Yeah. I'm like, what? That's one of the reasons why I didn't like that movie. So this almost had a little bit of that, oh, it's really aliens type of thing. It's like, it was me all along. I, You know, I was one who, like, your bedroom is the November 5th, 1955 of Back to the Future. It's like, yeah. this. this is where... Everything comes back to this moment. It's it's yeah. here. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Again, after second watching, I'm going to have to... I don't think it was as marinate. exploitive as the M. Night Shyamalan reveal. Right. Like, oh, these aliens who are going to conquer a planet that is 75% water... Can't get wet. Can't get wet. <laughs> I mean, really, that's... Ba- I mean, the water's in the friggin' Swing air. Swing away, Merle. Swing away, Merle. Swing Which, away. you know, you watch and you're like, that's cool. And then you think about it and you're like, that's really yeah. dumb. No, it's not. That's not cool <laughs> at not all. Cool that's at dumb. All. You know? Yeah. Yeah. His 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 dying wife had a premonition to tell his his brother to swing away or something. I don't even remember. But So where do you slot this movie? Where as where, as. where is, is, you know, it is sci- it's, it's like realistic science fiction. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's. You know, you take sci-fi and it encompasses everything from a movie like this to Star Wars to, you know, we were talking about Guardians of the Galaxy before mm-hmm. the podcast. Um, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, which is a totally underrated movie. Oh, that so is good. so good. But, um, 
I mean, I think it does kind of fit in the gravity mold, though. It's kind of a realistic yeah. space movie. Mm-hmm. Not quite Apollo 13, but right. uh, yeah, it is interesting. I think I think it might be, I don't think a lot of people, other than your friend, are going to spend a lot of time rewatching this movie. I don't think it's got a lot of rewatchability. I would agree with that. I don't think you pop in and you see Murph burning the corn and you're like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to stay I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay with this." Yeah. It's uh it's kind of a slog. I'm glad I saw it. It was good. Yeah, I really want to watch those moments where there's no sound in space and it's just silence for 10 seconds straight. Yeah, that was I you know, which I mean, again, accurate. Yeah. And that's why it's and in very there. cool. And very cool. But and when you're seeing it for the first time and you're in a theater and it's a spectacle, it's awesome. But I agree. You pop it in at home. Like, eh. I thought the scene where the spaceship blowed up with Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Damon in it, Matt Matthew Damon, Damon, Matthew Damon, <laughs> Matt Damon in it was really cool. Don't push it. Explosion. Don't push it. Don't push it. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Damon. Matthew Damon. And Matt McConaughey. Matt McConaughey. <laughs> huh. Never thought of. Yeah, interesting. But no, I agree. I agree. And uh, pop fans out there, we'd be interested in hearing what your opinions are on Interstellar. Tweet at us. Um, email us. Mm-hmm. Snail mail. Um, suspicious packages on <laughs> on Chad's doorstep yeah. are also Just, uh, also appreciated. Send it to Studio A. Um, care of Greg Casey. Care of Greg Casey. Yeah. So nothing illegal, <laughs> but right. make it weird, kids. Yeah, but but make it funny. Just put powder in there. But yeah, you know, no, just, that'd be great. Yeah, just because uh, I was really, you know, it'd be great. You know, especially time it for when you know there are a bunch of people over at Chad's house right. and then we're all quarantined. Right. Oh, that'd be such It'd a good a party. Ball. That would be a great party, a 21-day party while, yes. while we're all under quarantine. We can do a 21-day podcast. Yes. For 21 marathon. Productions. There you go. That would be great. See? On the we'll have enough network. people to do it. Mm-hmm. Let's make that happen. We're going we're gonna to do that. Yeah. For sure. Well, let's stay in the uh, space realm, but move on to... Uh, we talked about our favorite sci-fi movies, right? Yeah. What, uh, well, we already mentioned, actually, Starship Troopers. Very underrated movie. I thought that was a great movie. Yeah. I saw that in my senior year of high school and was just blown. I was like, is this real? (laughs) Do they want us to be Nazis? Because this is kind of what I think. I wasn't, my satire um, Uh, antenna was not fully formed at that point. And I was like, man, they're they're getting us hyped to go out and kill some unknown (laughs) enemy. Um, it's just one big propaganda film. Yeah, but uh, I thought that was great. That was an underrated gem. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I thought that this year, if we're going to slot it into science fiction um, and not the general Marvel superhero kind of world, I thought Guardians of the Galaxy was a fantastic movie. Um, really entertaining, um, well-written, exciting. I thought that was good. I mean... It seems like, and a lot. This is, you know, well plowed territory. But you know, when you and I were growing up, we're in our mid thirties. If you were, you know, I got made fun of a lot for liking Star Trek, liking Star Wars. I mean, that was kind of a nerdy thing. And now it seems like there's this ascension of, uh, you know, sci-fi, Marvel, comic book related kind of things. So there's kind of a um, you know, a lot, there's a lot more out there than it used to be. And it's of Mm -hmm. a real high quality. And I think people, um, people too have seen that you can, you can make good films. You can make good television shows with this premise. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about Battlestar Galactica before, um, the reboot, you know, the original one was very much in the vein of cheesy sci-fi Buck Rogers from the whatever century. Mm -hmm. And, um, and people, I think, kind of rightly derided that, even though the idea of it was really cool. And then flash forward to 2004, and you have a really serious show set in space. Um, you're not looking at, you know, rubber lizard monsters for your, you know, alien of the week, dealing with real human problems and putting kind of the issues that we're looking at 
here in the present day set in the future. Um, so yeah, I think, um, I think interstellar kind of fits in that as well. Um, yeah, there's been, there's a lot, I think there's been a lot of quality film in that genre. Mm -hmm. What do you think? No, I, I definitely loved guardians. And then I think you do have to put it, it's a Marvel superhero movie, but it is in the sci-fi genre, just like, um, just like some of the others, like Captain America 2 was in like a, a government type of uh, movie and, and so forth. So it, it just falls in that subcategory of sci-fi, sure. Yeah. I mean, tons of aliens and space travel. and So we've seen, we've seen a lot of sci-fi universes between you and I, and yeah. I imagine a lot of our audience has too. Um, which one would you want to live in? If you were just plopped in an average Joe in whatever galaxy, be it Star Wars, Star Trek, um, Interstellar, that seems like it would be kind of a sucky one, but <laughs> yeah. um, anything, Starship Troopers, though, I might I might worry about you a little bit if you, right. if you told me that. Um, what, co-ed showers, though. Co-ed showers co-ed is good. Co-ed showers. And, and a shocking number of really model-looking yeah. people to uh-huh. be co-ed showering with right um what you know i mean initially i want to say star wars just because i love star wars but you know sith kind of scary well but i think there there are other reasons to like that because there is a lot going on in the star wars universe i mean you could find some out of the way planet something in the outer rim you know blowing up womp rats left and right just kind of chilling on your ranch yeah. Go out to Tashi Station, see the power converters, you know. Right, right. Um, I kind of lean towards Star Wars, too. I mean, I thought about Star Trek for a little while, but it, I don't seems know. It's a little boring. It seems really boring. And the Borg seems scarier to me than the Sith. <laughs> um, you know, it just. Well, Resistance is futile. Yeah, and, so. you know, they're forever outposts getting massacred in Star Trek. And it's just, and they're they're all got giant sticks up their butts, and I'm not, you know, the the food replication, I'm not t- entirely on board with. I'm sure it gives you cancer. And the I've always been scared of transporters since Star Wars, the mo- Star Trek, the motion picture, when those guys oh. died, and that seemed like a really awful way to go. And spaceballs. And spaceballs. Your head could be on backwards. It could. That would suck totally. Uh, Interstellar obviously would not be. I would not be interested in that. I do not grow a good. Um, field of corn. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of uh, Lost in Space, um, what their life was like at home, not on the ship, but I cannot remember. So Futurama seems example. like it'd be a pretty rad place to live. Oh, definitely. I mean, that'd be a lot of fun. Riding the, in the tubes. Yeah, get a robot as best friend. Eat bachelor munching chow. On some, munching on some bachelor chow. Slipping some slurm. Staying away from the poplars. Yeah, you know, suicide you booths. Wanna, you know, the suicide booths would be great. You know, <laughs> if you just want to check out. Um, yeah, I think Futurama world would be pretty funky to live mm-hmm. in. Um, you know, one-eyed girls everywhere. Yeah, um, actually, just one one-eyed girl. Just one one-eyed girl. Starship Troopers again, not as much. Not feeling the Nazi vibe. Yeah. Um, you know, bugs, kind of yeah. scary. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, we're gonna get tweets about why didn't you talk about Firefly? Because we haven't seen Firefly. It's on the Netflix queue. I just haven't gotten to it yet. I will get to it. You know, it's so acclaimed that I almost like don't want to watch it because, you know, it's like everyone says it's so good. that I I just feel like I'd be selling out if I watched it now. I I mean, (laughs) you know, know, and it's, 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 uh, I don't know that the effects have aged well. Well, you know, probably not. Probably not. Oh, what about The Fifth Element? I wouldn't want to live there. Because filters, of Chris Tucker? filters are way too big on the cigarettes. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, and because of Chris Tucker, I mean, do you want to live in a world where he is, where that, <clears throat> the show that he produces, is a hit? No, I don't. I really don't. I don't want to be around you people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to walk around, see somebody with headphones on, and imagine that are listening to Chris Tucker flip out, True. and that that's something that they want to do. How about Total Recall? Three boobed women. Yeah, no, that'd be good. You know, I've never seen Total Recall. Really? Yeah. The original? I have not seen the original. Wow. I know generally what it's about, but okay. yeah. Um, Quaid! Yeah, I'm going to say the Star Wars universe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. off chance that you got force powers. Um, 
Could be force sensitive. Okay. Here's a question for you. What era of the Star Wars universe would you want to live in? Well, that's a tough call. Um, not the prequel era, because I feel like it was less cool. Yeah, it was kind of boring. And you'd have to walk around a lot more green screens yeah. and blue screens. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be not fun. And uh, potential chance of running into Jar Jar. I would really want to beat the shit out of Hayden Christensen, too. <laughs> <laughs> right. you could, I just want to yank him by that rat tail. <laughs> I mean, you could solve, uh, you know, the rise of the Empire right there. Yeah, I could. I really feel like I could beat him up. Probably. I really do. I really do. <laughs> Give him to you. I hate. Hold me like you did in the oh, Naboo. I hate sand. It's so rough. It gets everywhere. God, it does get everywhere. Oh, what a disaster. You know, I think we as Star Wars fans all have this kind of collective PTSD over the prequels. Because I, I remember seeing the third prequel and being like, yeah, yeah, they finally got it. This is a good movie. And I popped that baby into the DVD maybe about four or five months ago. I couldn't get through it. Aww. I was like, I really want this to be over. Yeah. But high hopes. So I was, Help me, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> you're, you're my only hope. I would say the um, the original trilogy era. Okay, so the uh, high tide be, of the Empire. It would, but again, Would you join the Empire? No, because I might get stationed on the Death Star and blow up. Yeah. Potentially twice. If I wasn't in the first one, I could be in the second one. Yeah, they're going to have a lot of manpower in that Death Star. Yeah. So, definitely have to be Rebellion. Yeah. But, you know, I might try to uh, just get a nice desk job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On Hoth, <laughs> you know, that turned those, out well. One of those people who pushes on the circular map, the see-through map. There, you don't want to be the guy throwing the big Death Star lever. <laughs> <laughs> Initiate primary ignition. Uh, no. Yeah, I don't want to be in there. That big thing probably also gives you cancer. Being that close to it, I don't know. Okay, it's just uh, what planet? Hmm. Hmm. Maybe uh, Dantooine, since it doesn't really get blown up. Yeah. So you're not a big city guy. You're not going Coruscant. Maybe Coruscant. I might actually go Dagobah, so I can chill with Yoda. Yeah. I don't know. Dagobah doesn't have a whole lot going on other than Yoda, and that stew does not look good. Yeah, that's true. It smells terrible. I think Tatooine is not really no. Though Mos Eisley'd be an okay place to to chill. If you're scum always, and villainy. I would like to be a smuggler like Han Solo. Mm. That would have been bad. Have my own version of the Millennium Falcon. True. Bouncing from place to place. Hmm. Yeah. I, I could be a bounty hunter. Yeah. You know, that'd be a pretty cool job. Yeah. Make some bounty. I don't know. Yeah, that's, 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 it's, it'd definitely be a cool era to live, but it would be dangerous. It would be, but you know, you got a blaster, you know, get one of those big Han Solo blasters. Yeah. Shoot first. <laughs> you know, I could live on indoor. Just got some Ewoks there. Or Kashyyyk. Yeah, you could hunt them. Yeah. You could hunt the Ewoks. Exactly. Honey! <laughs> Let me Ewok. guess. We're having Ewok again. <laughs> Cha-cha. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. And there's planets we haven't seen. Yeah. That we I bet there's a lot of cool planets. In, uh, in episode Well, seven. there's a lot of stuff in the... I mean, if we open it up to the expanded universe. Sure. You know, there'd be a lot of cool stuff to see. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. So, okay. So, if we're living in a future world, yeah. Um, it's Star Wars, original trilogy era. We're going to be a bounty hunter. We're going to be living on Dagobah. But then, <laughs> but you got your ship, so you can go wherever you want. Yeah. And you're going to pimp that ship out. I mean, it's right. going to be, you know, lady's going to be loving the. True. Chadlinium Falcon. Chadlinium. <laughs> the Perklinium Falcon. The Perklinium Falcon. That's it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have you know, like, and I'm tall enough to be a Wookiee, but yeah, exactly. Pull the ears off a of Gundark. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely have a bunch of those hologram chess tables all around, and you know, uh, those uh, training droids just zapping people. Like Luke was using. Yeah, we got to see in the new trilogy. We definitely have to see some better entertainment options from the Star <laughs> Wars universe. I mean, if this. Well, is... we got some in Episode Two when they went into that cantina or that bar. There, they had some 
sporting events on, I guess, their TVs. Yeah. Saw a little bit of it. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because what you're describing was not cool. No. You know, because you could get bored with three-dimensional chess pr- pretty quick. Right. I would just let the Wookiee win. Yeah. Oh, no, strategy. I'd always let the Wookiee win. Yeah, definitely. So this kind of leads into the other thing that we wanted to talk about, which I imagine um, everyone's being ta- everybody's talking about yep. right now, which is the release of the teaser trailer mm-hmm. for episode eight. <laughs> Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Okay. Um, what did you think? Well, right off the bat, even before the trailer came out, a positive is that they are not calling it Episode 7. They are just calling it Star Wars The Force Awakens. Oh, I like it. You know, so it's not like 7, like Episode 1. Because, you know, before Episode 1, 2, and 3, we didn't call them Episode 4, 5, and 6. We said Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of the Jedi. And that's the way it was, and we liked it! Yeah. So I kind of like that, going back to that type of style. Um, Because, you know, now it's Star Wars, Episode 4. A New Hope. Like, come on. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. That's too much to say. Yeah. Just call that's it Star too much. Wars. It's Star Wars. It's Star that's Wars. what it is. It's Star Wars. It's Star Wars. And it's Empire. And then it's Jedi. So that's cool. Um, the actual trailer, I was I was very impressed with. And uh, if you listen to Inside the Force, might be getting a little bit of a duplication of, of my uh, review because I was on there to give my breakdown of it. But Up with the big club. Huh? The big club, the major leagues. Oh, yes, exactly. Inside the Force podcast. Yes, yes, indeedly. So, um, but like I said on there, I was surprised at how much actual footage we saw because a lot of teaser trailers are just um, words on the screen, Yeah. some audio, and then maybe like 15 seconds of footage and you're out. Yeah, I think they, it, seem, it seems to me that they feel... I don't know if pressure is the right word, but they have an imperative to show that it's kind of making a break with the visual style of the prequels, which, you know, we kind of make fun of a little bit, but they were really green screeny. It, they, they didn't, they, the visual, the visual style of it was very different from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And I think people kind of, um, I certainly was kind of thrown off a little bit by it. And some of the early reviews that I've read of the new footage is, you know, it has the CGI elements in there, but it looks more lived in. Yeah. Uh, it looks like an actual world, which is something that was a real advantage of the original trilogy because they used a lot of practical effects, mm-hmm. practical sets, as opposed to, to green screens. Yeah. So I think that's why you saw, you know, the, the X-Wings fly in and the Millennium Falcon. And and I think it uh, it has me excited for it. A um, lot of questions. Who's sure. that dude? Running around, I assume Tatooine in the stormtrooper costume. Yeah. What is that giant speeder that that one woman is flying? Seems what? like yeah, awfully large to be a one seater. Yeah, it's kind of and it's kind of big up front. Yeah, yeah, it must have uh, must have a Hemi under there. Yeah, it's got to have a Hemi. It's got that Hemi. Yeah, you're gonna yeah you're gonna knock over some womp rats on that one. <laughs> um. No, I'm excited about it and yeah. what it says about the world because clearly the Empire is still around or someone who likes the Empire. See? You got stormtroopers. I don't know. And that's that's the thing. Okay, so originally the clone troopers were fighting for uh, the Republic. Then they, when all the corrupt, when Order 66 was revealed and, you know, they turned their Empire, obviously. Empire falls. So do the stormtroopers go back to the Rebellion, which I don't know if the Rebellion is then just called the Republic again or what. I mean, they still have the symbol. The symbol was on their helmets. And some people were saying they noticed that, I guess, in the expanded universe, the New Republic symbol has the the rebel symbol, but then there's some stars around it, Mm. and those weren't present. And that might just be a break between the canon universe and the extended universe. Yeah. Um, Or it might be, hey— Things still didn't. Rebelling. We're still fighting. You know, it was a. It's a twenty-year slog, which I think could be an interesting thing because I think we all kind of assumed that once the Death Star blowed up and the Emperor died, then that was the end. But right. um, I think it'd be interesting if you know maybe the Empire and the Rebellion are more on more equal footing now, and they're looking at you know 
this new batch of characters to end the war. Or what? I, I think there's a lot of interesting ways it could go. And it could be, for the past 30 years, it's been nothing but peace, and then here comes the Empire as a rebellion. That would they also be, be cool. the rebellion. Maybe they have just kept the symbol, the rebellion symbol became, you know, the symbol of the Republic, if the Republic was reformed. And the Empire is actually yeah. now called the rebellion. There are this insurgents, or insurgent, uh, insurgents coming up so maybe now these stormtroopers are just revealing themselves for the first time you know who knows yeah it, it could go so many ways i'm excited to find out and we only have what a year to a year, a year to wait just barely over a year that is a lot of time to speculate yes a lot of, a lot of speculation a lot of grist for the uh, inside the force mill yes well what did you think of the lightsaber ah i liked it hmm. i liked it with the the hilt. The hilt. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of cool. I don't know what the utility of it is. But... Right. To me, it seemed like you could hurt yourself a lot quicker than you could hurt someone else yeah, with it. Yeah, because the whole point of the hilt is to keep your hand from slipping up the blade. And a lot of hands do get lopped off with lightsabers. So yeah. some people are saying, hey, this is so no more hands get lopped off. We've learned our lesson. Yeah. But if you look at the design, if you ran a lightsaber down the other person's lightsaber, you would actually hit the machine part yeah. of the lightsaber before you hit that part of the hilt. So you'd actually just cut it right off and go straight on down to their hand. Yeah, that's... Because it's not it's not flush at at the end. So I don't know what that is about. Um, the other thing it instantly reminded me of was Pineapple Express with a cross joint. <laughs> oh, cross I'm like, joint. It's a big lightsaber cross joint. God. Yeah. I don't think they'll smoke this one, though. It'll smoke some people. Though. That would be yeah. It will. It will. Sm- We're gonna see some cut up people. Yeah, that is people for sure. Get cut. Yeah. And then the other thing is, it didn't sound and look like a normal lightsaber. Yeah. So, I'm thinking it might actually be old technology. So maybe they're awakening the force again. Well, maybe after yeah. a long slumber. People are saying it's probably Adam Driver who's in that because he's a tall lanky looking dude from behind he goes to maybe i think it's more more band Morabon, yeah uh the sith planet basically to you know look at some holocrons uh, learn from some previously defeated sith in the scene that's the other thing like sith really aren't big on imparting their knowledge to other people yeah because they want to because they want it all themselves yeah so how do if all the Sith are defeated, who's going to teach someone to be a Sith again? I don't know. But anyway, maybe he goes to this and planet. And how do you come to that anyway? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So maybe he goes to this planet, though. He finds this ancient lightsaber back in its, you know, 1.0 phase. And um, and that starts his journey. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited for it. You know, yeah. a, a teaser is supposed to generate interest. Not like you needed a whole lot to add to it, but I think it, I mean, it's got me excited about it. Yeah. It really does. You know, after feeling a little burned by the prequels, um, yeah, I want to see it. I really want to see it. It's JJ. And this is, this has not changed my mind about it. So. Mm -hmm. No. Yes. I I was very pleased. Very pleased. Because, you know, it could have been a disaster. It could have. Oh, yeah. It could have looked just like the prequels and everyone been like, oh, Great. And then just taking the wind out of everyone's sails, but yeah. it did the exact opposite. See, but I, yeah, I think, yeah, I, th- I, I think Disney knows how to make money, and they, they certainly are not. Um, they certainly have some stinkers on their record, but I, I think they recognize that the hardcore fan base is something that you have to at least win over along with, you know, bringing in new people. Mm-hmm. And I think if you had replicated the prequels, you you weren't going to do it. Right. Because there's no, I mean, it. there's so, what we talked about before, there's so much out there in terms of sci-fi, fantasy, everything, that if you make a crappy Star Wars, you're, you can kill the franchise. Yeah. You know, people have other alternatives. It's not 1977. Right. And you know, and I was watching the the new Star Treks, 
and just thinking, man, I wish Star Wars could look like this. Yeah. I mean, I felt like Star Wars was UK, University of Kentucky, and Star Trek was Louisville Cardinals, and they were winning, and they kept winning. It's the same feeling like today when we that is a hard when we got beat. This is a hard day. Yeah, we 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 record this podcast with heavy hearts. Yes, we do. For the Louisville Cardinals just defeated the Kentucky Wildcats in football, but it's just football. It is. We're gonna kick their ass in basketball. It's gonna be ridiculous. You heard it here first. Uh, Let me ask you this real quick, and then we'll wrap up here. Um, Sticking with Star Wars, Dave, Dave Cunningham from. Inside the Force. We love Dave. And in the comics and 21 Podcast and the Gotham After Show. And, and the man's got a kid. He's the, got from kids. the Cottingham, two kids? Yeah. From the Cottingham family as well. Mm-hmm. How does a man have this much time? Anyway. Yeah. He's he's on just about everything. He's been on this show a lot. He was on the last episode <laughs> of the show. <laughs> anyway. So Dave says that Luke, Mark Hamill, is going to die in this movie because you look at episode four. Ben Kenobi dies. You look at episode one, um, Qui-Gon dies. It's just a pattern. I say that is exactly why he won't die. Because what did episode four and episode one have in common? Lucas. He wrote them. What does seven not have in common? Yeah. Lucas. JJ. It's it's new. They're not going to be like, oh, it'll be too obvious. They're not going to fall into the same old... I think it'll be interesting how they use the previous generation characters. I think that's going to be, honestly, I mean, that's that's a minefield. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to use them enough, but then the actors have changed so much in that time. And it, it, it runs the risk of being a sad 40-year high school reunion or something like that, <laughs> and you're just... Okay, let's uh, let's fire up the Millennium Falcon again. Come on, Chewie. You know? So I think it'll be interesting to see how they use them and how yeah. much they get used and whether they, they die. Um, because well, that's another thing, too, is, you know, if you kill them, you know, you can't just, you know, tease them, tease them, tease them, and then, you know, chop them in half and he falls down a giant thing. A la Darth Maul. I mean, I think right. I think how he's used is important. And then if he, if they do make the decision to to kill off the character, I mean, yeah, and that's a good point. I don't think you know it's here's the reunion we've been waiting thirty years for. Here are Han, Leia, and Luke back in a movie together, and then oh, yeah. they all die, or even one of them dies. I just don't feel like I mean, unless it's, I mean, of course, it could serve a very important plot point. It could happen at the very end of the movie. It could be a very big motivator. He could sacrifice himself like uh, Obi-Wan did Yeah, for Luke's sake. He could be doing it for the sake of, a lot of people are saying, the girl who's like the new Luke or whatever. So, yeah, I could definitely see it happening. But something tells me, no. What do you What do you feel? Trust I, your feelings. I honestly don't know. I, I, I don't know how you make them big parts of this film without without giving it so much baggage from the previous trilogy. I think I think it's just a hard I mean it it's a hard line to straddle how much do you use them versus how much. Personally, I'd be happy with something a little bit more than a cameo for each of the each of the characters. Um, you know, well, just they're in there. But I mean, apparently Han Solo's pretty big in it. Yeah. I don't know. I guess it depends on how they use him. Yeah. I mean, you know, is Han Solo still the space scoundrel out there, you know, one step ahead of the Jab of the Hut? That seems kind of sad. Well, I don't think you no. want to see some movement with these characters. I think I'll be in, it'll be interesting. I think it'll be critical where they put them. Yeah. You know, what what kind of fr- I mean, because that is kind of interesting. Well, I think Han and Leia will have a kid or two and, you know, maybe one of them gets kidnapped and he goes all Liam Neeson's. That would be fun. On him, and that's why... You know, I have a very particular skill set, set of skills involving yeah. shooting first, <laughs> getting frozen in carbonite, coming back blind, yeah. and knocking Boba Fett into the Sarlacc. Exactly. Um, when when my wife says, I love you, all I say is, I, I know. know. Because <laughs> the actress was high. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, let's cut that part out. I don't want to get sued <laughs> by Carrie Fisher. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see. I yeah. mean, I think it all it it will be you know it will be fascinating to see how they pull it all together. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and it it could really really work. It could really really misfire. Um, you know, because I think it will be. You know. We we you know we've seen Harrison Ford in a lot of different things since then. Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher have not been as publicly out there. They look a lot different. You know, are they? I don't know. It, I'm looking forward to it. I hope that they're going to be used really well. Yeah. My only fear is that it becomes you know, it, it, and I and I hope that the writers will avoid this. But you know, too many callbacks to the original trilogy. You know those little. Um, you know, here we go again moments. Right. The whole, hey, C-3PO was built by Anakin. It's yeah. Like that, that didn't need to happen. Well, and even like callbacks to lines, like, you know, witty thing, you know, things that worked in the original well, trilogy, I, trying to go back to that well. I can almost guarantee you someone will say, I have a bad feeling about this. I'm okay with that one. And that's okay. I'm okay with that one. But, you know, some of the others, you know, you got to find new material. True. True, true. Hmm. Well, all right. We talked Interstellar, we talked sci-fi, we talked Star Wars. It's been a good show. Dare I say a great show. So, thank you to Greg Casey. Follow him on Twitter at TallBeFree. You can follow myself at ChatBreckens21. You can follow the show at PopularFanatics. And again, tell us what you want us to talk about, what issues out there in popular culture, popular fandom. We want to know. We want to know. We do. We're a show about the people. (laughs) We want to give the people what they want. Exactly. There you go. So until next time, this is basically Pop Culture 101. And with that in mind, class dismissed. This has been a production of the 21 Network, a collection of weekly podcasts. For more great podcasts, visit 21network.com. To view additional content, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash 21network. Follow us on Twitter at 21network for the latest news and updates. The 21 Network, for the fan and all of us.